0: The Punch Stevenson Show. PunchStevenson.com. Episode 303. Sunday, July 19th, 2020. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, PaunchStevenson.com, episode 303. Wow. <laughs> We're still alive. I, oh, oh, yes. I am Rob, you are Greg. In it this is, dimension.
1: It is 2020.
0: Maybe. It's still 2020. Dum
1: dum 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 dum. Was that how that theme song went? <laughs> I think so. Twenty twenty.
0: And we are still quarantining.
1: Nah, not really. I am.
0: Well, okay. Where am I going? I have nowhere to go. Uh, and there's still a global health crisis, pandemic. Uh, there's still. Protests and all kinds of crazy crazy things going on. Uh, oh I see a cat. So Donald Trump is going crazy. The whole uh, world everybody's well, I mean, going crazy.
1: It's been crazy. Oh man.
0: Um Well do you, do you have my notes? Yes. All right, we'll start with some celebrity deaths. Woo-hoo! Got some big ones. So we have Born June 8th, 1927. He died May 11th, 2020, 92 years old. Jerry Stiller. Oh! (laughs) I hate vermin. Festivus. Jerry Stiller. He was George's father on Seinfeld. He was Carrie's father on King of Queens. He was... Nah, uh, I don't watch that. He was in Zoolander. Uh, right, wasn't he? Wasn't he in Zoolander? Yes, yes. Maury, wasn't he? And uh, many, many, many other things. And, uh... He was around for a very long time. It was the, uh... Frank Costanza on Seinfeld Serenity now serenity now <laughs> that was a good one serenity now
1: yeah. amazing considering yeah uh, you know, i don't know what his what his role was initially supposed to be you know how uh, you know i mean you know obviously the you had the wife who was also very funny uh <laughs> what's <was> her name <laughs> Estelle uh yeah Something. Well that was the character's and, name was Estelle. Yes. And uh <laughs> you know, and she was very funny, but it was like, you know, Frank became this like expanded character, you know, him and Kramer did all these stupid things and the raincoat and the the
0: Brazier and the, the, man's the ear. <laughs> yeah,
1: the man's ear. Expanded his character. It was very funny.
0: Alright, so Jerry Stiller R.I.P. And then we have... Born... Another funny actor. Born September 18th, 1933. Died May 15th, 2020. He was 86 years old. Fred Willard.
1: Yeah, Fred Willard.
0: Now, he was in... Christopher Guest movies, mockumentary yeah. movies, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, for your consideration. This is Spinal Tap, etc. Right. Yeah, he was on Everybody Loves Raymond and uh, and and Worst Week, and again another person who was on <laughs> many many different things over the years. Yeah, he um he also did what was it? Was it
1: Old Navy? He did those commercials for. Probably, yeah. For many years, and I think so. Some, uh, one That's of those department stores
0: that the uh, commercial's on. So yeah, again, very funny guy, and uh, he just, 2020. So, well, <laughs> I think mean, he was 86, so. No, I know, I know. Alright, next one. We have another Celebrity deathborn. Born. May 20th, 1938, died May 12th, 2020, 81 years old, Astrid Kircher, am I pronouncing that correctly? <laughs> why, su- why are you asking me? You're the Beatles. I, I don't
1: know. Aficionado.
0: Astrid Kircher, mm. that's, that's what I'm going to say, or Kircher, or, uh, uh, but anyway, she was a. Oh, uh,
1: uh, can't. you can't ask John anymore because he's
0: bloody dead. Well, so is George. Um, and according to you, Paul. And but, 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 no, according to Frank, not me. Ah. But anyway, <laughs> and according to the Russian George Harrison, oh. Paul is <laughs> dead. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's that's an old, old Paunch Stevenson <laughs> reference.
0: The last will and testament <laughs> of George Addison. It's me, George. That was, I, I couldn't, you know, at the time,
1: I couldn't remember, I, I, I didn't know if you were serious. Like, if you were seriously, you know, contemplating this, this thing. And, and I
0: listened to it, and I was like, what is this guy? Sounds like he's a Russian. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so she was German, she was a photographer and an artist, known for, uh, she she was friends with the Beatles in the early days, and took a lot of photos of them back in the early days. Hamburg. Hamburg, yeah, Hamburg journey, and supposedly she gave them the idea to to get their haircuts and the iconic style, the iconic haircuts and stuff, so... Um, so she died recently. She was, uh, she was a couple years older than the Beatles. Um, but yeah, she, she's, she passed away. Another artist was born June 26th, 1929. June 26th, 1929. Died, died June 26th, 2020. Wow. Wow. On his 91st birthday artist and design graphic designer Milton Glaser Glazer I'm sure it's Glaser Glaser Uh so what did he do what is he famous for Apparently
1: he's the one that did the uh, the I love New York graphic Mhm which was uh, very popular back in the uh, 1980s
0: he also did the logo, well, one of the logo, the iconic logo, in my opinion, for DC Comics. It was the capital D, capital C inside the circle, and the, the circle had stars inside of it. I did not know that. Which they used for many years. Uh, yeah. Also, the, the iconic psychedelic Bob Dylan poster. Among many other things, but uh, just, just to name a
1: few. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's Bob Dylan's statement on the death of uh, Milton Glazer.
0: There you go, we got Bob Dylan
1: live <laughs> on the air. Wait, wait, he even sang him, a, he wrote a new song. Maybe maybe you've heard it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you've heard it. Hey, baby, baby, baby. That sounds like an
0: old Bob Dylan song, not a new one. Oh, oh the new one. Yeah, new be one. It's <laughs> gonna be a Maggie Farmable. I'd
1: have to pipe in some bluegrass in the background.
2: It's not a Spanish uh, chicken. What? <laughs> I don't
0: know. All right, we have one more. Eh, another uh, Seinfeld. Yes, another actor. Uh, From Seinfeld. What are the odds? So he was born September 26, 1932, and he died May 26, 2020. He was 87 years old. Actor Richard Hurd. Yes. Who played Wilhelm, George's... Mr. Wilhelm. Yeah, Mr. Wilhelm, George's boss at the Yankees on Seinfeld. So I don't know if you remember him. He was, uh, like, yeah. he joins the, like, there was, George wanted, uh, George hired this cleaning uh, company to come clean the office, not because he wanted cleaning, but because he heard this rumor that they would try to convince you to, jo- it was a cult. Yeah. And they would try to recruit their customers into joining the cult. He's like, oh, yeah, i I'll, I'll Hire them and then, and I'll tell them, no, I don't want to join your cult, and I'll show them. So he hired them, and then they came and went, and they never tried to recruit him. So he's like, what the heck? So then, uh, but they ended up (laughs) recruiting (laughs) Wilhelm. He's like, you recruit him and not me. What the heck? So anyway, but but again, he was on many different things over the years. And um, he
1: was in summer rental. Starring John Candy, <laughs>
0: Summer Rental, and Rip Torn. <laughs> Wait, who else was in that? Was um uh, a lot of people. Summer Rental. Carrie
1: Green was in it from The Goonies, and uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, Richard uh, oh, God, What was his name? Nah, <laughs> the guy from Rambo. Oh, <laughs> Richard Crenna. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, let and
1: me see. I Some. Think, uh, it wasn't like John Larroquette. I think it was. I think he was in that.
0: Joey Lawrence. Yeah, Jerry Lawrence was the little brother. John Larroquette. You're right. And uh, I don't know a bunch of other people who I have not heard of, but uh, but that that came out in 1985. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was that yeah, about it was again? One. Hmm? What what was that about again? I don't remember.
1: So John Candy is an air traffic controller in like Chicago or something like that. And he's like really overworked. So I think what I forget what happens, like he falls asleep on the job or something. He's overworked. So they're like, ah, I got to take a vacation. So they they drive. I, I don't I don't remember where it was set, maybe Florida or something like that. But it was, you know, they drive down there and they rent this house and the house is like, you know, it's like a the worst dump ever. <laughs> I mean, totally falling apart. And, like, so John Candy's trying to just relax. He has to relax. His doctor told him to relax. And everything that happens just angers him. It's just craziness. And then finally, you know, he goes to this bar that the Rip Torn uh, runs as some kind of, like, fake pirate, Scully. And then um, they eventually... <laughs> they turn the 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 restaurant bar, which is like an old, like wooden schooner sailing ship, into a to try and get into this yachting competition, you know, against the Richard Krenna character. <laughs> and so, you know, they have to sail. So, like, the whole family is on the boat trying to, you know, they fix up the boat, they're trying to sail it, and then right at the end, spoiler, um, you know, he, you know, they're like neck and neck. He's neck and neck with this like super expensive, you know, America's Cup type of uh, yacht, boat, whatever, racing boat. And um, so basically, because John Candy is fat, he has big pants. So they took his (laughs) pants off and put it up, (laughs) ran it up the mast. And so his pants gave them that much, a little bit more of, you know, a pull from the wind push. (laughs) And they were propelled across the finish line.
2: Are we dragging something? Are we dragging something? What is it? Hey! Monkey to the beasties! We shall
0: All right, now maybe I'm confused, but I remember a yacht race where this ragtag group of people had to fix up an old, dilapidated boat and and do a yacht race in one crazy summer. Am I misremembering?
1: Uh, I don't know if I've seen that movie. Who was in that?
0: John Cusack. Hold Uh, on. That was 1986. I don't know. John Cusack, Demi all. Moore, Bobcat, Gullthwaite, um, <laughs> R- Rich Little. <laughs> um, I could have sworn... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have to fix up an old boat and beat, like, the rich preppies at the race. It's the same exact plot! <laughs> what
2: the heck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's a year later, but
1: Uh, they they must—they ripped it off, obviously. (laughs)
0: What the heck? Well, (laughs) it was funny, but uh, all right. So Richard heard.
1: Um, I met him at a chiller one time and somewhere else.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we met Rip Torn too. Yeah. Um. Another thing. So. I don't know if you want to cut this part out or leave it in, but... The second bullet point on the list. Yes. This is freaking me out. Why? Because I did not read this list when you sent it to me.
1: Of course not!
0: (laughs) Why would you? But, for some reason, I got the idea in my head to start googling stuff and i came across i didn't even remember having <sighs> this and i came across this old live journal page that yes. that evidently i made 16 years ago I. 17 it was like it was literally almost 17 years ago yeah it was like 2003 and i'm just like i can't believe this is still i mean nobody looked at it nobody commented or anything but it was still there i'm like what the heck so I just went in and deleted it. What? Yeah. It's good. But well, they had all of our stories. We've told all those stories already ah. on the podcast. Here on the porn Stevenson show.
1: Well that's that's quite a uh that's quite a downer.
0: Is it but isn't that bizarre that we both had the same exact I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait a minute. No, I oh I just deleted that.
1: You know, there were videos on here I wanted you to watch. Um, that was the point of me sending it to you.
0: Oh. Oh, no, you know what? I did watch the ba- the basketball one. All uh, right, well... Um.
1: <laughs> but anyway, no, the funny thing was uh, LiveJournal was was like a precursor to, I don't know...
0: It was a blog. yeah. It was, I guess was the, so. But but it, I, I it, don't know it, how. Which, pa- by the way, it's still around. It still exists.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they just they haven't deleted it, but n- nobody uses it for anything. No, um, but, but I
0: didn't even. Uh, if you had asked me today, like, hey, is LiveJournal still a company? Is that still a website? And they're like, no, that's probably long gone. It's still there. It still exists. Can you believe that?
1: Well, you've destroyed uh, a great piece of Pawn Stevenson show history. No. The (laughs) earliest, it is the earliest online uh, uh, evidence of the Pawn Stevenson show you have destroyed. Sorry. Wait,
0: do you have one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what the deal was. I mean, I was commenting on yours. There was other people commenting on it, too. There was all these
0: comments. Oh, from Belleville, yeah. But, do, but, I mean, but did you do do you have posts on there? I don't think entries? so. Entries? Blog entries? Okay.
1: No, I think uh, I just did it to comment on yours for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why we chose to do it on that. I have no idea.
0: Well, that was the big thing at the time. Live journal. That was the, the big blogging platform in 2003.
1: I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but the funny anyway. thing is, though... The the stereotype is that live journal is for, like, goth teenagers who think they're all cool and edgy. Like, I'm going to blog. Look at how edgy I am. I'm blogging. I'm depressed. You mean I'm now lo- or then? No, back then. Oh, but we were already adults. We were already in our 20s. Like, I don't know, there's this thing called a blog, and you can just write posts, and it's like, I don't know, it just didn't. I only made a few posts, and then I just totally forgot about
1: it. <laughs> <coughs> well, I think around that time, uh, like, Friendster started up. Yes. Almost the same exact time, and I think that's what we kind of just migrated to.
0: Right, Friendster. I don't know what which...
1: we were using before then.
0: Nothing. Emails? No, uh, yeah, just uh, a- AOL Instant Messenger.
1: No, uh, the worst.
0: I have you know, I actually I don't know why, but just randomly I have some saved conversations of uh from AOL. Wow. I I haven't read them, but Who's they who are they with? You and me. Really? Yeah. Well can oh, I see them before I we delete just, those two? Yeah, no, I'm not deleting that. I, I like I said, I have no idea what's in them. I will send them to you hopefully nothing humiliating, but why would it be humiliating <laughs> if it's between the two of us? I don't know. Like, I took a dump have, for something. I don't know.
1: We already, it's something we would already discuss, so I,
0: <laughs>
1: This is interesting. Anyway. Now, oh, I'm, now, now, wait. I'm, I'm who sure would nothing have thought... Of,
0: of value? <laughs> that didn't sound too good.
2: No, not.
0: Um... <laughs> Um, who would have thought all these years later AOL Instant Messenger would be gone and LiveJournal still exists? Isn't
1: I mean, that- you can't predict any of it. No.
0: I mean, at the time,
1: think about it, At the time, we were used to uh, websites and things like that coming around and vanishing within like two years.
0: Yeah. So- yeah, a lot of them would come and go. Um all right so before we go to the next thing i i have a little topic real quick so i have tv show reviews wow this this is this is very out of the
1: ordinary rob reviewing pop culture
0: so two shows one show is veep
1: v Oh uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yes. V E E P
0: VEEP, Veep. is on HBO.
1: Yes. Was.
0: Was. And uh yeah, it's a it's a, it's from a couple years ago. Or it it ended last year, I think, or two years ago. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think last year. It was on for several seasons and we watched it on HBO streaming. And you have Julia Louis Dreyfus. You have, um, oh, of course. Now I'm blanking on the on the guy's name. Hold on.
2: Uh,
0: drawing a blank. Uh, Tony Hale. You have Tony Hale from uh, from Arrested Development. Buster. You have. Anna Chlumsky
1: Anna Chlumsky yes yep my girl
0: yep and you have uh Duvall Duval and uh and, and a whole bunch of people but uh Gary Cole yes not Gary Coleman uh, Gary Cole no
1: uh, uh, no it's Gary Cole he played Blumberg in office
0: space <laughs> That's right.
1: He was also uh,
0: uh, Mike Brady. Yes. <laughs> in the Brady Bunch movies. Yes, yes. And uh, who was the other guy? The uh, Matt Walsh. Yeah. I don't know if you know him. Um, yeah. And Kevin Dunn. He was in Michael Bay's Transformers.
1: Well, he was in many things, including that. Yes. Where he was just screaming the whole time. Well, everyone was screaming in that movie, as you... Pointed out.
0: (laughs) Uh, And a bunch of other people who are very, very funny. Very funny show. Um, Just a very... um, Again, it's more like the documentary, mockumentary style. There's no laugh track or anything. But very funny and very... uh, It it shows... Well, so first of all, Veep is like the... On a monopha pronunciation of of the abbreviation VP, vice president, vp So it's about politics and the White House and the presidency, vice presidency, Congress, Senate, etc. The, the the U.S. political system. It's sort of a modern Benson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess. But uh actually it was all it was based on a British sitcom originally, and yeah, then they of they, course uh, they transferred it over here, but uh they, they adapted it. Um but it's um it's it better
1: than that's is it better than
0: that's my bush? <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's very funny, it's not like totally slapstick but it's very funny because it shows how incompetent these people are how how incompetent an administration is like the top people running a country can be this clueless and incompetent and just making things up as they go along and and also so it shows that aspect of it and all and of course all the backstabbing and lying and and just trickery and setting, uh, like, oh, if you do this for me, I'll vote for your bill. And and then, okay, I did it for you, and the, Haha, I'm not gonna vote for you, your bill, you idiot, get out of here. And just all like the the duplicity and, um, but also the evolution of these characters, well, especially the Julia Louis Dreyfus character and the and the Hugh Laurie character and and some other ones house was in this yes yes I, again with an american accent but well, it it shows their the ev- house yeah it shows their evolution of just becoming very 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 horrible people <laughs> like very bad people like doing any like i'm gonna win the presidential election at any cost, no matter what I have to do, no matter who I have to screw over, no matter who I have to make enemies with, or I'm going to make deals with China to get them to rig deals. It was just like, I don't know, it was very funny, very funny. Show. It's like Daffy Duck. Sure. <laughs> what is that referencing?
1: You know, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine! Mine. Mine. Yes. mine, mine, mine,
0: mine, mine. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Very greedy, selfish, like just evil people. So there was that. So Veep, watch it. I recommend it. Very funny. Um, and Gary, I have to, say, <laughs> I have to say, when they first introduced the Gary Cole character, he's he's like the the statistician. What uh, is is that the right word? Like the statistician. Uh, you know, pollster. Pollster, numbers guy. He's like, well, actually, we're polling this way, so you want to speak to this? And oh, actually, we got the new polls in, or whatever. So when, well you
1: see kids when you uh, poll uh everybody you make a poll out of uh, out of you yourself and the poll
0: <laughs> So so when they first introduced his character it was he was a little I'm like I don't know if I'm going to like him he's very dry and very like me, kind of mean and dry but then as the series progressed he I, I think he became one of the best characters he was so funny he ended up being so funny uh, but anyway, so that was Veep. The other show is Superstore. Have you ever watched that? Man. So you, you know,
1: I, I'm very, very, very picky on my sitcoms.
0: Yes. So um, this is on Hulu streaming, wow. and it's a network TV show. It's NBC. It started Used to in be. It, well. <laughs> It started in 2015. It's not canceled, but just it, it, we it's not in production because of the whole quarantine coronavirus oh. thing. So uh so it's renewed, but they they can't film, they can't produce it. So but it's um again mockumentary style, no laugh track, but it's a sitcom about it's it's inside of a department store like a Target or a uh, like a Kmart, uh, Walmart kind of store. And again, just the ineptitude of the staff. It's, it's about the staff and like the management, and you have corporate versus the store management, and, and the staff is lazy and messes up, and customers just making a mess. And like how we always talk about on the porn scene, it's a Joe We used to go to like Caldor or McCrory's, and the stores yeah. would just be a disaster, and customers like, just leaving garbage all over the place and wrecking the place. So anyways, very funny. Very, very funny. I recommend it. Superstore. I, I know it seems on the surface like a cheesy, lame, run-of-the-mill sitcom. But if you give it a chance, like a few episodes in, and uh, it's it's actually very funny. Next. Oh, and in this one, in Superstore... It's America Ferreira, Ugly Betty, um Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall. He's the manager Mark of Mark McKinney and some other people too. A lot of oh, it's um Um, where's the um, Colton Dunn? I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was like a writer on um on uh, Key and Peel and and uh, but anyway, it's very funny. Superstore. Uh, Kerry, Kenny, Silver, etc., etc. What else? SpaceX.
1: Ah, yeah. So I have a. I'll make a public uh, apology. Uh oh. Why? I've been I've been telling people for me, for quite some time that uh, Elon Musk is a lunatic. Moron. <laughs> yeah, and I said he, I said. There's no way this, this, this SpaceX rocket that he's trying to build that, that lifts, you know, puts the, the a ast- couple astronauts to the space station. Then it, it most of it's, most of it actually um, lands itself back on the Earth so it can re- be reused. I said, this is never going to work. Every test that they were doing, the thing blew up. Like, constantly. Like, even the last test that they did just before this one, it blew up. And I'm like, this is crazy! They're putting two people, and they're dead. These guys are dead, D E D dead. Well, no, they didn't die. It Actually, worked. The the against space all X, odds, right? Yeah, the X, the SpaceX Dragon um, flew itself up to the uh, space station, and uh, and even the uh, the the um the various stages of the ascent of the rocket that comes apart actually landed back on the uh, on the platform in the ocean perfectly i
0: i was shocked so what does that mean now what's next well i well, mars we're going to live no. on mars now
1: <laughs> no mars is not next <laughs> um no, nah, I just... That was... Uh, it was interesting. I, I, uh, I, have, I have to make an apology. And in fact... I will use that to segue into a movie review I was going to do. A uh, space movie uh, called Ad Astra.
0: Never heard of this. When is it starred, from? I don't
1: know, it was from two years ago. I don't know. A year ago. It starred okay. uh, Brad Pitt. Oh.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, Tommy Lee Jones a few other people but um basically um it's sort of I don't know I want to say it's an homage but it it takes a lot of cues especially in the visualization and things like that from like 2001 a space odyssey and um, But anyway, it it wasn't reviewed particularly well, so I was like, well... You know, I love space movies, so I'm going to have to give this a shot. And, um... I watched it, and what I would say is... Even though I think a lot of it was scientifically inaccurate, um... I did enjoy the fact that, you know, he he goes to the moon, there's some scenes on the moon, then he's... On the spaceship, he goes to Mars. Some scenes there, and then he has to go out to Neptune. Tommy Lee Jones is out there, or whatever. Neptune. But, um, hmm? Neptune. Neptune. Wow. So, but I just thought like the space scenes were very cool, and uh, you know what they did with a lot of that. But um, wait, does
0: it had Tommy Lee Jones? Yes.
1: What about it? Don.
0: No, it... <laughs> he wasn't a chef on the space station.
2: Uh oh, no, no,
1: chef. It's Steven Seagal is so fat. And he Russian be allowed in space.
0: And Russian.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he could be the Russian uh, uh be like 2000. <laughs> you ever see 2010? The sequel <laughs> to 2001, it's bad, but uh, no. you know they had Russians in that movie, so it could have been you know, It Could have Seagal as a Russian. I'm <laughs> <And> the Russian <laughs> captain Steven Seagal. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to the bank. I'm back <laughs> but, on this. Uh, it was kind of interesting because they had Tommy Lee Jones, and they also had Donald <clears throat> Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. And in the movie, although they don't interact in the movie, they were uh, the characters had been former um, astronaut, uh, um, you know, colleagues. And so immediately a lot of people were like, oh, you know, is this a sequel to Space Cowboys? I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, <clears throat> Space Cowboys was a comedy uh, about a bunch of four really old guys have to go back into space and fix some kind of satellite that if they don't fix it, it's going to, it's gonna like, blow up and kill people, I don't know, whatever.
0: Yeah, but, but why do uh, why do old people have to do it?
1: Well, because they worked on it, and it was some, it had something to do with some military thing, and they worked on it back in you know in the sixties or seventies. So the presumption is, uh, you know, we, we can't teach new we can't teach new intelligent people how to fix something old. So we'll just bring back the old people and that was uh and, and the four guys in that one were uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, uh the late great James Garner, and Clint Eastwood.
0: Huh. And when was that from?
1: Oh, 90s uh, mid-late 90s I think. It's been a while.
0: Did they show uh like Donald Sutherland spinning around the centrifuge with his like face getting you know, like the astronaut tests that they I have I
1: think to... that they did. I think they <laughs> did. They did all that goofy... They really did all that goofy stuff. Ironically, in Ad Astra, um, Donald Sutherland, who's old, they put him in this ship with uh, uh, Brad Pitt, and even he had... He, I mean, like, he couldn't... Then they put him on this, like, this rover thing, driving it across the moon, and he, like, he couldn't handle it. He had a heart attack.
0: Now... <laughs> This says uh, this says Space Cowboys came out in 2000. Man. Fine. Uh, this says it's a drama.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it is, but it's like... It is, but it's, you know, it's four old guys pretending to be astronauts, so it's got to be goofy, you know? It's like Lethal I, Weapon. I was is, expecting... Would you say Lethal Weapon is a dramedy?
0: Well, an action comedy. Yeah, so it's comedy elements to it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> there were a lot of old guy jokes in the movie okay it's a very good movie I, it's i highly recommend it. space cowboys very good movie unlike old dogs no. don't recommend that who
0: was in that tim uh, allen
1: yeah tim allen travolta martin lawrence and uh, uh i think the fourth guy was John Goodman?
0: It,
1: no, it was a Will, William. Uh, the guy from Shameless. Macy.
0: Yes. Yes. Well wow.
1: William H. Macy. He was the fourth one. Anyway.
0: Oh, and Robin Williams. No. Oh, this is a different old. There's two movies called Old Dogs. They both oh. have John Travolta. Too, too many.
1: Wait, he's in both?
0: Yes. This one... This old dogs movie came out in 2009. It's starring John Travolta and Robin Williams. And they have to, like, train dogs or something. Oh.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure they're both terrible. The motorcycle one was awful.
0: That one was... Wait a minute, why Why doesn't it show There's another movie called Old Dog that came out in 2011 Why is it this not showing The real movie, are you sure it's called Old Dog?
1: I thought it was Wild Hogs Wild, oh, whatever
0: Wild Wild Hogs, Old Dog (laughs) So that was Travolta, Alan, Lawrence And Macy, yeah, awful Alright that was 2007
1: awesome. moving on moving on all right so you did see this video that i sent you
0: yeah wait can i just ask a quick question
2: uh, so you know
0: you know how robin williams everybody loves robin williams and he's so iconic and and legendary why did he make so many bad movies though <laughs> <laughs> like if you're if you're that legendary, how do you get roped into junky movies?
1: I don't. know. Maybe he needed the money.
0: Okay. I think he just took. I, I
1: I think his problem was he just took every role. You know, just just yeah,
0: just took them all.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So basketball machine.
1: All right. So you know, there's this. There's something called the Rube Goldberg device, which is, you know, basically, uh, you know, like the old board game Mousetrap.
0: Or Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, The Breakfast right. Machine.
1: Right, right, And And uh, so basically it's like, you know, you take all these, like, household items and things and you build this, like, system where you start it and then, you know, it uses, like, gravity and inertia and things like that. And, like, one little, you know, like the ball rolling along, the ball hits the... Hits the button and the button the, hits the spring and the spring hits the chicken. The chicken lays the egg, the egg rolls down the ramp, uh, da, blah, the string. Blah, blah. So, but I don't think, kid-
0: but, but the point of the Rube Goldberg machine is that it's all of these complicated steps to do then, something simple, right? And then at the end of this whole 10 minute ordeal. It's just like toast bread or something. Like, yeah. it is, it, right? It's like it, it's it's a it's a it's absurd on purpose.
1: So, so I don't know. Some kid in his backyard, very big backyard, uh, goes by the moniker Creasy. <laughs> okay. uh, he he built this thing which is absolutely insane, and the video goes on for like like five minutes. It's like
0: it's like long. Nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very. It's it said, just keeps
0: he, going, and going. He said it took him a month to put it together and then another month to test and adjust, test and adjust. So two months it took to really
2: start I mean, I mean, I think it and about get it
0: working.
1: It. So with this guy, like, basically, it's, it's a basketball. So, like, sometimes a Rube Goldberg, there's, like, different things happening. This time it is a basketball, and the basketball does all the movement. So the basketball goes through all these traps and all this nonsense and craziness and... And it goes through this whole system of this guy's yard. It's crazy. And finally, you know, it uh, obviously, duh, it, it ends up in in the basket. But you're watching this thing and I'm just like, all right, this is the end, right? This is, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you go to like the, the they have the 4th of July fireworks and you're like, oh, this is the finale. This is when they're all, no, oh, no, they're still going. You know, five minutes later, oh, no, this is the, no, still going. So this guy, this this trick thing kept going i'm like oh my god and finally you know it it works it's it's unbelievable and i'm I'm thinking to myself i if this were me and i set this all up okay because just setting it up for what for to get it to run all the way through once the setup must take a week can you imagine it goes all the way through and like the next to last step breaks down
0: i know that's why it took I, him two months. I blow months. the whole place up. That's why it took him two months.
1: <laughs> I would set it on fire.
0: I know. Every time you test it, you have to reset it back up all over again to test it again. <laughs> ah. But uh, but hey, it's a it made a viral video, so
1: yeah. I don't know what you I don't know what you get from that, but
0: okay. um. Now, Rube Goldberg was an actual person. He was born True. July 4th, 1883. He died December 7th, 1970. He was an American cartoonist, sculptor, author, engineer, inventor. And it says, uh, this on Wikipedia, it says, He is best known for his popular cartoon drawings depicting very complicated gadgets performing simple tasks in very convoluted ways. So they were cartoon drawings, but then people actually started making real life Rube Goldberg machines. Right. Right. Yeah, with the, as you
1: said, with the Pee-Wee's big adventure, you know, being <laughs> the big one, but that was a movie, so I'm sure that they could have cheated.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure they
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. I hope they did. It's a movie.
2: I don't know!
1: So, moving on. Uh. I'm skipping around here. Alright, so. Is so, we're, you know, just talking about, like, old stuff. I don't know why I, I found this, and I, I was looking at it, but the. um... There was something called the old Entertech Water Guns. Which. I don't know if anybody, if we knew anybody that really had these. We probably had like cheap imitation. Not that they were expensive, but... So, basically what those were was they were... They were Entertech was a brand, you know, it was like a brand that, is, that LJN Toys owned. Uh, makers of fantastic video games. And, uh... They used this Entertech label and basically what it was was they... In the 80s they made water guns that were exact reproductions of military weapons, machine guns, pistols, uh, grenades,
0: rocket launchers, whatever. Well, supposedly and- the slogan on the commercials was the look, the feel, the sound <laughs> is so real. Like they yeah. that was the that was the the gimmick was that these were very realistic looking. weapons. Right. Actually, I knew right. someone. Someone down the street had some of these because they were battery powered. Yes. So you can instead of like having to press the trigger manual, like squirt, squirt, squirt. You could just hold the trigger down, and it was battery. So, so you hold the trigger once, and it just goes like just squirts the water out.
1: And the batteries actually came in 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 clips. So like <laughs> there was right. a, yeah, it was a separate little plastic unit that looked like a clip that would have ammunition, but instead it had the battery. So when your battery ran low, you could take the other battery from the, the new clip and put it in there right. and then shoot. But, so the controversy back then was the first several years, I think these came out around like 84, 85. And for the first several years, they did nothing on these things to, to make them, you know, this dis- differentiate from an actual gun right. so like nowadays i mean nowadays it if they sell anything like this they sell them in like neon colors and stuff it, you know so eventually they actually wound up what they had to do was when they sold this kind of stuff they would have to sell it with like a like a red tip or something so the police wouldn't think it's an actual gun um <laughs>
0: right
1: so I the fun. So I actually had. I don't think it was an EnterTech, but I actually had a an M sixteen. But it was blue. So I mean, it was it was totally fake. But it wasn't a water gun. It was it was just a it was a like a smaller like a uh, uh, maybe like a I don't know two third size M sixteen. Uh, and the only thing, the ba- the thing was that it you know it had batteries and it just made the sound you know which I'm sure I think it broke after like you know two hours. But these EnterTech things, for several years there they, there was these incidents. It didn't have a lot, but it did happen where kids were like walking around the neighborhood with these like Uzis. And, like, cops, you know, the cops thinking, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's one thing if it's a little kid, but if it's, like, a, a 12-year-old who's, like, big or something, they thought it was a real gun. They would shoot them dead. Right. And so there was all these news stories and lawsuits and stuff like that. And so the irony is, I guess the the, the moral of my story is, LJN, which the Angry Video Game Nerd, of course, hates,
0: because <laughs> right. they,
1: they made such bad video games, mostly <laughs> licensed. Yes. But the irony is LJN toys who had made WWF figures and they had a lot of other, they they made a lot of toys and they were sort of, you know, like any other toy, Hasbro or Coleco made a lot of toys. And so the irony is people assume that LJN went out of business because of their bad video games. But no, it was actually because of these water guns and that, that, you know, it, it. Because they, they were, you know, it was a big part of their profits and they couldn't sell them anymore and it just destroyed them. And so then they eventually, I don't know what they did with the rest of the company, but um, I know, like, the video game division went to Acclaim. Acclaim bought them. Right. But, uh, yeah. And uh, where is Acclaim now? Uh, they're long gone, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: They all are. 16 years ago, yeah to 2004 a claim when chapter seven bankruptcy midway right
1: another segue speaking of bankruptcy amc theaters keep hearing that they're done because of the coronavirus and they can't open up i i don't know i don't know what's going to happen
0: now, how does a company go bankrupt after you have spent the last twenty-five years charging people ten dollars for twenty-five cents worth of popcorn? Well, again, what did it's they like, do with all the profits? You said it was like an, an eight thousand percent profit
1: margin. I know. Did you say that? Well, the thing was, the thing is, they don't make any money on the tickets. It all goes to the movie studios.
0: <laughs> yeah, true.
1: The only way they make uh... money is when they do. Like, 3D IMAX with, uh, you know, smells coming out of the seat and smoke and everything. That's <laughs> the only way they make money.
0: Yep, the 4D, yeah.
1: Yeah. But what, didn't you say, was this the last episode where you said this or something where you were like, how do, how do these companies, like, be, you know, the companies get shut down, you know, for a month and they're out of business? And you were shocked by this. Yeah. And, I, I and what I said was, this is this is business. I mean, this is you know, when you look at a, especially AMC, which I guess they're a corporation. You know, the the way they're structured is that they don't keep. It's not a private company, so they don't keep money in the bank. You know, that's not what they do. The point is, you're supposed to pay it back to the, the shareholders and blah 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 blah. So, or invest it back in the company. So you never really have like millions hundreds of millions of dollars of cash on hand and it's one thing to have like a, a business downturn but i mean to be totally closed for like six months or you know it could be a year i don't i don't know how you operate after doing that there's no way
0: yeah I no way well and i mean let's face it In a lot of ways, like, okay, when when you and I were growing up, at home, if we had... If if a family had a 25-inch TV in the living room, that was lucky. Yeah. And in the bedroom, maybe if you were lucky, if you were really lucky, maybe you had in the bedroom like a 10-inch black and white TV (laughs) with rabbit ear (laughs) antennas or whatever. So going to the movies made sense. The sound system, the giant screen, and it was an event. But then now, like in, in the 2000s, 2010s, people have 40 inch giant screens in their house, 50 or 70 inch screens in there, 4Ks, uh, Ultra HD, sound systems. And it's like, what, what do you need to go to the, the movies at home now?
1: Well, I mean, it was just, a, you know, it's a place, you know, if you're a young person, you, bring, you, you go out on a date. You know, you hang out with your friends, you, you want to do that. I mean, that's the allure, you know, especially if you're a parent, you have kids, you want to get the damn kids out of the house with I, I know, something. I
0: know, but just like arcades, when home wow. game consoles and home computers kept getting more and more powerful, they caught up to the arcades. So now right. it's like, why do I have to go to an arcade? I have something two times more powerful at home in the comfort of my own home. Same thing with the movie theater.
1: Yeah, but again, you're not. It was. You're not. Even then, you. You. It wasn't like you went to the movies every day. You know, it was a. You know, it was sort of a special occasion type thing. It wasn't like you were always doing it. But I think the problem they have is, is for the studios, they're never going to make the money that they make with movie theaters because with like streaming. Because the problem is with streaming is you're kind of stuck with an audience who actually wants to see it. Whereas with movie theaters, I think there's a good percentage, I don't know, maybe half of those people, like I said, they're just going out to do something. They probably, like, if they were given the choice to sit at home and, like, order the movie, they'd probably like, eh, I don't want to see this stupid thing. So I think they lose some business there. I don't know.
0: Moving on! Well, wait, wait, wait. So so, last Um, thing about that. I know that that I'm saying something jerky, yeah. but if I think about so so yes a lot of um a lot of new movies over the years we we enjoy and they're they're high quality movies, and that's awesome, but a lot of movies that come out it's just um uh, like filler you know it's just like garbage movies they bomb or they're or they're just garbage they're just why did it just popcorn movies or junk right and if i think anything marvel does just about well i I don't just whatever it's just a lot of junk and it's like if i think about like why does a movie studio exist like imagine if i'm running a movie studio and it's like oh this this year we have to come out with nine movies to in order to to stay in business we we need nine movies get me nine scripts and it's like what if there aren't nine good script? what if there's only three good's well get find me six other mediocre like well, they're at the point now like with disney
1: they have the films already they have the release dates like 5 years out already set like December third of two thousand twenty-five will be Avengers eight. I know. They've got it there. It's it's set. They don't have a script. They don't even know who's going to be in the movie. But it is happening on that date, which I think is moronic because it's
0: become like the Olympics. But what I'm saying is, when when a company gets to that point where now you're just filling space, why why even bother existing at that point? Like just we. We have, I don't know how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of movies. It's just corporate.
1: From... It's just corporate. It's it's. I know, but it's I'm like just mini. It's like their mini theme park, you know. I know, but I'm because I'm... they have to they have to put out the movie
0: in order to sell the merchandise. I know, I know. I'm just saying from my perspective. I'm not saying I don't want any more new movies. That's that's silly. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is. Look at how many. We don't want any more Michael Bay new movies. I'm just just saying, if you look at the last hundred years, how many hundreds of thousands of movies have we're we're good? We're set. We have (laughs) movies to last us another five hundred years. Like nobody can watch every movie that was ever made, so why do they keep making new ones? It's like it's it's a bizarre concept to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, people like you have never seen Star Wars, so there's still plenty to see. Yeah. But I mean yes But even like all the movies from the 50s The 60s, the 70s, the 40s There's so many movies Out there like Doesn't it seem a little silly to keep making new ones When we haven't even watched all the old ones That's that's a bizarre concept to me. Yeah but
1: why would That's why, like why would you play Why would you have NFL football every year You've seen football You could see old football if you wanted
0: Why would you have new football Just people want new stuff I, I know, consumer. I know,
1: I know. But I mean, if you're a director, you're a young director, a young actor. You've never done it before. You want to do it. You want to sit at home and watch. You know, <laughs> I can't. No, but no, yeah, so, I know, I know. Yeah. Moving on. we
0: moving on. I'm just, on. I'm just on. saying. I'm just saying. It's not only. Hold on. It's not only the excited, hyped up young directors who want to make something good. They're they're churning out product even, like, oh, uh, we'll get Joe Smith to direct this one. He's cheap. Just crank something out cheap. It's product. It's pro- It's like, it's it's, a, it's it's a widget.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's... I mean, listen, there's the, the, the straight-to-DVD scene, which is all that. I mean, the Stallone has... I mean, Stallone... Sagal has perfected that, of course. The anyway. straight-to-DVD Russian, uh... <laughs> And all the garbage it's generating, <laughs> all the
0: waste, all the landfill. I mean, where does all that stuff come on? Who's buying 10,000 copies of a, of, a, of a Nicolas Cage direct to video? Like uh, hey, this, hey, man. This stuff all ends up in the dumpster. It's like, it's, <laughs> I,
1: what is the point? Uh, so do some of the actors, in fact. Yeah. Moving on. All right, we are moving right.
0: on. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, uh, one little thing, uh, just one little video game note. Uh, Sega uh, released a Game Gear Micro for some reasons only in Japan. It's very, very small, and it's very stupid because it only comes with each. There's four different models, four different colors, and each one comes
0: with four games. built in. Yeah. Not cartridges. No. <laughs> You need tweezers to put the cartridge in the slot. <laughs> uh, it's well, just, it's a, it's it a, a gimmick. Serious. I mean, but why? Uh, I could see if if Sega came out with some kind of redesign, like a, like a Game Gear two, like a more <laughs> slimmed down version of it. Put in uh, like thirty rom, like you know, build in thirty roms and right. sell it for like fifty bucks. I would have bought one, you know, like just for the novelty of it, or, or the nostalgia. Right. Well, the
1: the thing is, this is obviously not a Western uh, conceived item like the NES Classic was, or the uh, the Genesis Mini, all those at game Atari consoles. Uh, this is <laughs> a Japanese conceived uh, fanboy type product, and the Japanese love their little toys and their little replicas of, of this stuff and all, so...
0: They do, yeah. They do. yeah Everything micro, mini micro yeah. micro the other machines. Thing,
1: and the other thing they announced, Sega, was... Um, I mean, there were some here, but none that we ever saw. Back in the 90s, they used to have something called the uh, Sega City Arcades. Very, it was much more popular in Japan, and basically what they were was they were arcades, but they... The arcade cabinets were these like big white plastic, space age looking things, and they would just have games in them. But they weren't like they weren't cabinets that had like they were wood and had had you know the individual artwork on it. They were just it's... anyway. So they were Sega. They released they're releasing by the end of the year a one sixth size version of one of those things that has like thirty something games. So it's funny. I asked some people on there uh, on a forum, like, like back then, like, what would they actually have had on these systems? Because you know the 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 product they're releasing is going to have games like you know Altered Beast and Golden Axe and, and things like that. And I and they were like, well, it was almost all Mahjong.
0: <laughs> oh, Mahjong,
1: <laughs> Mahjong, whatever. So you know that was they're like you know yeah I mean they can't sell that but that was you know ninety percent of the cabinets just had mahjong in
0: it. So I'm looking at this. I'm I'm looking at these cabinets. They they look uh, what do they remind me of? Yeah, 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 like the white, the white um, kind of kind of like two thousand one ish. That's what I said. Yeah.
1: Space Age,
0: yeah, yeah, Space Age.
1: But anyway, so that's a Japanese, very Japanesey thing to do, I guess you could say. And that's, I mean, that's what they're selling it, and you'd have to buy it off of like Amazon Japan.
0: Now, what? Now, these things are very small, actually. The these these mini versions of it—they're like I said, one sixth. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the old Coleco tabletop. Yes. But but these have a real joystick and the button you are supposed to play Virtua yeah. Fighter on a thing that's like the size well, of an all, iPad they, mini. They
1: they also release some kind of uh gamepad for it, so But whatever.
0: Interesting. Now now did you see these very I I don't remember what they're called, but these very tiny arcade cabinets but they play a real game on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's there's been multiple ones, yeah. But very small, even like a quarter of the size of these things. <laughs> How are you supposed to play that?
1: I don't know. I mean, I forget which company it was, but somebody actually—I've had a few of them where they—they're LCD, but they're—you know—they're about I don't know—they're maybe like four or five inches big, and they're like the old—you know—some of them have like LCDs where you know, and but they're game—the actual games, so they're like I don't know, like bad dudes or. Uh, Something like that. Um, Burger time and a few others like Pac-Man uh, will actually, you know, they will be the actual Pac-Man game. Or there've actually been some where they've they've done it so that it looks like the old Coleco vacuum form, you know, tabletop machines that they've they've kind of done those. Hold on. I'm Moving gonna,
0: on, I'm going to send you a link real quick. Uh, if you click this? that.
1: A YouTube video. Uh, it's a person... Oh, it's a like, stupid ad. Uh, all
0: right.
1: Oh, I see. Jimmy. Oh, God. This look bad. at how
0: small that is. I know. <laughs> how are you supposed to enjoy it? It's I'm not saying dumb... I need a giant arcade cabinet, but like at some point now it's too small
1: i mean at first you know it is interesting oh yeah you know that looks good on the on the you know on my desk or something but oh well we we're moving on here yeah all right so i don't i'm sure you've seen you know uh, as we know president trump is a psychopath and so making fun of him is you know, it's it's a pretty good profession to have. I think Alec Baldwin has done pretty well with that. Um, but since we've gone into, you know, the, the COVID-19 stuff, uh, you know, most there's no Saturday Night Live or anything like that. So it's all basically on the Internet. So there's been these two people who are probably the most famous right now at imitating him. And they're fantastic. So the the first one, definitely the most famous, is this uh, comedian, New York comedian uh, named Sarah Cooper, and she is I, terrific. I and saw And so what this. she does, what she does is, she doesn't imitate him vocally. So what she'll do is, she'll take a like a short, like one minute or two minute sound bite from Trump babbling. And she'll then dub that over her own, you know, image. I mean, Making she, all she, the faces, the mannerisms. Yeah, she she's miming it. Right, she's miming yeah. it. <laughs> so, but, I mean, she's become, like, world famous because she's just hilarious at this. And, you know, just, like, just doing all these... Man- now, she, again, she's not imitating Trump. She is basically interpreting... Um, what he says, like, if you were an actor and you'd never heard this guy before, right, and you're given a script and you have the backstory and then this is what, you know, like, this is what the character says. And as an actor, like, how would you interpret this, per- this person who's a lunatic and she just does this just terrific job. And i'm waiting uh i guess you know whenever the world comes back, I would assume that she'll have a
0: uh, a sitcom <laughs> so yeah because it's not she's... it's not a realistic miming like she's recreating no. it's a it's a silly miming like, right well, I me mean, <laughs> like what a, what about... else could there be but the weird thing see this is what i don't und- now look i am not a Trump expert I don't sit there and analyze every speech he makes and every time he speaks or whatever but from the bits and pieces that I have seen when he speaks it's gibberish and I'm <laughs> and I'm not saying that like I you know I'm I'm not saying that as a political like democrat versus republican I'm putting down a republican I'm just saying as a logical human Listening to another human speak, whether he's Democrat, Republican, Martian, whatever he—it doesn't matter. Th- sent—I'm—I'm I'm trying to read these sentences, and I'm like, this—this is, this is just gibberish. This is
2: this is but not. I mean,
0: a, when he this is not a when sentence. He tw- when he tweets, it's just as bad, if not worse. But it's like, like he'll say something, like a a, a newspaper will post something that he said, and it's like. Yeah, you know the thing is with with people you have to like like what what you got to do like the thing is you well, know it was like it's the like, time and I'm the... like you're not saying it you're just babbling no. it was like the time when
1: they asked him if he would taken the the coronavirus test he goes I I tested positive uh, uh
0: positively negative very much towards the negative and I'm like what very what kind to of the negative because you want to be negative. Because the thing is, when you take a test, you want to test at the testing test facility. But the ticket—it's it, like, it, like you're you're just you're just stringing end, together random words.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the end of Billy Madison when <laughs> when Adam Sandler has to give the the uh, <laughs> he has to give the speech about uh, the Industrial Revolution. And goes it just starts babbling, and all the people in the audience are like, Oh this is not too bad, yeah, this yeah. sounds pretty pretty intelligent, and then he's done, and then the, Jim Downey, the principal is is like that is perhaps the most horrible thing I've ever heard. Everyone here is dumber for having listened to it. Not <laughs> once did you ever come close to a a, a conscious train of thought. And Adam Sandler character is like uh, a simple no would have been fine. <laughs> it's like sits down. Yeah, but this but isn't a it.
0: sad. It, but isn't the sad thing now that the leader of our country is now Billy Madison? We are living. We are living the Billy Madison uh, movie. Hooray for Billy! Hooray, Billy! <laughs> and except instead of having a principal call him out on his babble. You have people worshipping him, saying he's a genius, a stable genius. He's the biggest genius who ever lived. It's
1: it's pretty bad. You know, it, it, because it
0: basically he has taken
1: these people who are dis, 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 disaffected or, whatever, or disaffectual or whatever, and they're just, they don't like where society has gone culturally and things like that. So they just like to moan.
0: Complain yeah well,
1: and which is what he
0: does, but and cause dangerous problems for half the population, wow, well, very dangerous things,
1: uh, yeah, I mean that's he's he's not a smart guy, he's stupid, and um yeah, and now the other guy who actually does a Trump impression, and he's actually from very near us in New Jersey. He's a comedian uh, named J. L. Calvin, 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 C. A. U. V. I. N. I don't know how I spell it. Um, but this guy is was like a you know like a like a nightclub act or something. You know, he was never heard. Nobody had ever heard of this guy, and he basically does this Trump impression vocally and with just babbling about nonsense, and has all you know he has all the mannerisms. He's really really good. He's he's sort of like. Um, you know, like a Dana Carvey was with George Bush, or maybe Rich Little was with uh, Richard Nixon, or Phil Hartman with Bill Clinton. You know, like really, really, this guy really—I mean, Alec Baldwin's very good. Don't get me wrong, but Alec Baldwin's reading a script, and he's reading a script. This guy is just is just going off the cuff, and is is really, really, really funny.
0: Very good. I will... Uh, yeah, I'll take a look. You've never seen him? Not yet, no. I ah!
2: <laughs> I haven't come across him,
0: but I'll take a look.
2: So yes, my nasty niece is coming out with a so-called book, Mary. We called her Miserable Mary growing up because she was always miserable. Mike, you met her, right? You Total nothing, a total zero, right? But you complimented her shoes. I didn't think you had to do that, but Esau, Mike knew that she was a nothing, and just a total totally failed at everything she tried failed at business was not attractive by the way not cute but you know now she's coming out with this nasty book and by the way i would say how i really feel about her but we do have some nice people here like oan we see oan in the back so i'm not going to say exactly how i feel because you'll put that in your headlines but you know now she's got a book coming out which is filled with you know, total nothings, it's kind of absurd, the things she's claiming. You know, and I know you like it. You probably like it because you're fake news and this book is right up your alley. But no, it's a it's a disgraceful book. You know, we called it, she was such a, a, a sort of disgrace to the family, we called her the African-American sheep of the family. And now the book comes out and I'm hearing really absurd claims out of nowhere that I someone took the SAT for me, okay? Not true, totally. I know you would believe that because, you well, you ask stupid questions, so you would believe it. I have a big brain, okay, a very tremendous big brain, right up here, very big. Uh, Not like you, not like you. You ask stupid questions, so you don't have a big brain. So I remember the day of the SAT, okay? And I'm sitting there, I'm ready to go, and my father, Fred Trump, great Fred Trump, comes downstairs, And he says, sir, Donald Trump, sir, my own father called me sir. That was the respect he had for my brain. And he said, Donald, you don't have to go take the SAT, sir. Just go play with your friends. No need, Penn already says you're so smart, you don't have to take it. So I left, I never even took the SAT because they said I was too smart. So I just went to the neighborhood park with some friends, you know, and threw rocks at uh, black kids bicycling through our neighborhood it was it was a beautiful day and uh, fake news about the SAT
1: anyway um, and finally for me uh, movie review very quick as you know I was a very big uh, devotee of Mr. Rogers back in uh, many years ago I was a little child Fred
0: Rogers
1: Freddie Rogers so I I love Mr. Rogers neighborhood me too. And there was a there was a documentary on him uh, that was done a couple of years ago. That It was terrific. I mean, I was literally, like, crying the whole time. And um, so anyway, then there was the movie. And the movie starred Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Um, and it's based on a reporter who um, was kind of a jerk. And, um, you know, had his own issues with his father and things like that. And it's, a, it's kind of a heartwarming tale. But I, I, I really, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I didn't think going in that I would kind of like the movie. And it just really grew on me very quickly. And I thought it was great. And it's funny. It's one of these things where it's like, if you look at the Academy Award nominations from last year, like, this thing got none. Like, almost none. What's it called? And I'm st- A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay. And I've seen a lot of the other movies that got nominations, and I was like, these movies are garbage. And this movie's really good. So, uh, once again, for the 40th time, uh, the Academy Awards must be stopped.
0: Now, what are some spoilers from the movie? (laughs) What spoilers would there be? Like, I I don't know. Like, Mr. Rogers was a... No. <laughs> no,
1: there's no, there's no insidious. There's no insidiousness to Mister Rogers.
0: But you said it was about a reporter who was mean and. Uh, what, what... Well, no,
1: it was just the reporter. Uh, the reporter had a bad reputation. Um, he he was played by Matthew Reese, very good, very good actor, and he just had a bad reputation. And he wound up kind of losing a bunch of jobs and eventually wound up with this magazine. And at first, they were just going to have him, you know, just talk to him for a small piece. And eventually, you know, the guy was like, "I, you know, I I really think I've got like a good story here. And he just kept expanding on it. And eventually, Mr. Rogers got him to, you know, sort of deal with his own issues with his father, who eventually wound up dying and things like that. And uh, you yeah, know, it was just a you know, it was a very good family story, if you will. But that, again, this it, was a guy. This was a guy who basically went into it and was just like, you know, who is this guy? You know, this guy's a fraud. You know, nobody's this well liked. Nobody's this you know nice. You know, this guy was very much a cynic. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And obviously, Mister Rogers won him over in the end.
0: When was it supposed to take place?
1: Uh, I think roughly. Uh, I think sometime in the seventies, probably the late seventies.
0: And Tom Hanks so. plays Mister Rogers. Yeah. How did you? How does he come across? So Is it's he-
1: weird, you know. It's obviously it doesn't really look like him, but um, it's funny because. His he does he tries to do like he tries to kind of do a different voice, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and it's it's it doesn't sound like Mr. Rogers, but he got the man like even the mannerisms aren't exactly right. Um, but I, I will have to say like the script got got Mr. Rogers right. So Hanks, because he's a great actor, in going with the script. He got him right. I thought like the his portrayal of him wasn't that accurate, but you know the 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 script you know
0: the script had it right. Did they have to get Tom Hanks to do this role, or would it would they have been better off with a lesser known person? But just like like in other words, does is it Tom Hanks because he has the chops, the acting chops that they needed? No, no, no. It's
1: just. It's one of those things where, you know, a lot of times what happens in Hollywood is if you want to get a movie like this made, you need a name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was watching a, uh, a 92Y did a, did a a panel a couple of years ago about Goodfellas, where they had the guy that wrote the book, uh, Nicholas Pileggi, and the screenplay. They had the producer, Erwin Winkler. And, uh, you know, Ern Winkler told the story of, you know, obviously it was directed by Scorsese, but... Warner Brothers, uh, uh, you know, put the movie out, and they basically the Warner Brothers people were like, they're like, listen, we know you're gonna have Ray Liotta, you're gonna have Joe Pesci, but you need a name. You got to promise me you're gonna get a name for this movie, or and, and obviously they got De Niro, but Winkler was like, you know, obviously I just I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll get a name without even knowing who you know who he was gonna get. But just think about it at the time, you know, Joe Pesci who was somewhat known. You know, he had done Raging Bull, but at that point, he had kind of, like, gone back into obscurity. And nobody had ever heard of Ray Liotta. And, yeah, yeah, you know, it's Scorsese, but I'm just saying that it's a case where to get a movie, like, you know, get a movie made and distributed by a major, uh, uh, you know, studio, you need a name. And in this case, the name was Tom Hanks.
0: Understood. So that's that. Till next time. All right, putting my mask back on. Uh. (laughs) Back into the quarantine. (laughs) it's such a good feeling to know you're alive it's such a happy feeling you're growing inside and when you wake up ready to say i think i'll make a snappy new day it's such a good feeling a very good feeling the feeling you know that i'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to
2: talk about I will too